Hey everyone, it's officially April 1st, April 1st, first of the month. Some people call this April Fool's Day. I don't really celebrate April Fool's Day. I don't see any uh, joy in just lying to people all day. <laughs> some some people go really far with these April Fool jokes to the point where uh, somebody might get, somebody, somebody might lose a spouse over it or <laughs> somebody get a black eye. You play around. Uh, but anyway, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for everyone that is uh, listening to, to this podcast, listening to um, listening to your word. I just thank you, Lord, for giving this opportunity to even, to even go through your word and speak it, Lord. I just pray that uh, you would uh, give us wisdom. And as we listen to it, Lord, it would speak to our hearts. We learn something new and that we will be transformed and uh, changed by it. We thank you for Exodus 7. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done this week, all that you're going to do. We thank you for this weekend, Lord. It's coming up the Resurrection Sunday, God, where uh, we'll be able to see demonstrations of your glory all around, God. Your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your power. We know, Lord, that you are with us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are the propitiation for our sin, God. You you took our place, God. You atoned for the, our sin, God. And you are the expiation, God. You became the scapegoat for us. We, de, we, de, we belonged on that cross, God. But you died in our place. You died in our place so that we wouldn't have to do that. So we thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Welcome, Erica McClellan, 426. How you doing? We are in Exodus 7. I don't even know if you can hear me because I got this uh, fountain in the background. I don't even know what the sound is like. I don't have my tripod, but hey, we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. So the Lord answered Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh and Aaron, your brother, will be your prophet. You must say whatever I command you. Then Aaron, your brother, must declare it to Pharaoh so that he will let the Israelites go from his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh will not listen to you, but I will put my hand into Egypt and bring the military divisions of my people, the Israelites, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the Israelites from among them. Let's see here. Where is it? Let's see what the notes say already. So it says, since Pharaoh would refuse to listen, God stretched. Hmm. Hold on a second, y'all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Since Pharaoh would refuse to listen, God would stretch out his hand against Egypt in judgment to deliver his people. This is a reminder that all people will experience the hand of God one way or another, either its hardness or its mercy. Wow, I definitely can relate to that. I have felt the hand of God on both sides where there's a scripture that talks about God disciplines those he loves. That's how you know you're one of his children because you go through discipline. Um, I've definitely felt the discipline of the Lord, especially in these last three years after my divorce. And um, it's, it's painful it's not easy, but 
I can take joy and and have peace in knowing that he still loves me and that he is for me and that the discipline that I'm going through is only developing character, integrity, perseverance, and uh, I'll be able to help more people down the road as I go through this stage of my life. So, like, you never, you never, like, you know how you talk about your parents' home, your parents always say you're never too grown for, uh, <laughs> like, I'll never be too grown for a pension from my mom. My mom will still, if I say the wrong thing, my mom be probably 100 years old still pinching me. <laughs> so you never outgrow the discipline of your parents. Like, they can still, you know, you might be taller than them, but they still your parents. And, um, And that, that root word in discipline is disciple. Being a disciple of Christ, like, he disciples you. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So anyway, we'll talk more about that later as we go through the New Testament. Eventually, you reach the New Testament. So Moses and Aaron did this. Shoot, we're going to talk about it with the children of Israel. They were being disciplined by the Lord all throughout the wilderness. So Moses and Aaron did this. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh tells you perform a miracle, tell Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh. It will become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and did just as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials and it became a serpent. But then Pharaoh called the wise men and sorcerers, the magicians of Egypt, and they also did the same thing by their occult practices. Each one threw down his staff and it became a serpent. But Aaron's staff swallowed their staffs. Am I under my True the Bible account? I didn't even think to double check. Yeah, I am. I had to double check because I got multiple accounts on here. Sorry, y'all. I was thinking about I'm on IG Live and I... Anyway, keep going. They, yeah, each one threw down his staff and it became a serpent, but Aaron's staff swallowed their staffs. However, Pharaoh's heart was hard and he didn't, he did not listen to them as the Lord has said. So the notes down here say Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. There's no better condom, no better commend, sorry, commendation. There you go. There's no more commendation a person there's no better commendation a person can receive. Why am I struggling with that word? There's no better commendation a person can receive than this. Those who do likewise will hear the Lord Jesus say, "We well done, good and faithful servant. That, that is my prayer as well. Like I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And um, yeah, we're going to see that a lot as we read through here where it says, Moses, it will say like such and such did all the Lord commanded. We saw that with Noah. He did all the Lord commanded. Abraham did all the Lord commanded. These men weren't perfect at all, but God saw them. They obey the Lord. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. You think about. All right, I'm going to finish these notes. It says, notice that these two brothers began their ministry at 80 and 83. It's weird because I always think of like Moses as the older brother, but Aaron was the mo older brother. So, yeah, Moses was 80, if I remember correctly, and Aaron was 83. 
For the godly saint devoted to the king's agenda, the senior years can be the most fruitful. It's interesting, too, as you get older and you slow down, you can't move as much. You're retired. If God allows you to see retirement years, you have all this free time. So you got nothing but time but to spend time in God's word, mentor people, disciple people. There was a guy I just ran in today on a delivery and I remembered him from years back. And I was kind of serving as somewhat of a little bit of a mentor to this guy and um, in, a, in a small capacity. And yeah, God brought me to him. I made a delivery to him. Hey, Lola, how you doing? Yeah, God me brought me to him. You know, I made a delivery to him. That guy totally ordered that stuff because I was way up here north and the delivery was downtown. It was just, it was totally a God thing that directed me to him. But anyway, I was thinking in my heart, I was like, man, I really would, would uh, I should like reach out to him, you know, message him, see how he's doing and like spend, try to spend some time with him. But it's like, I'm in a season of my life where I don't really have a whole lot of extra time outside of driving, doing this chew the Bible and preparing to, you know, get things in order so I can start having my kids over every other weekend. I don't really have a whole lot of extra time for that kind of thing right now. And it's like, but when you're retired, you in your 80s, you ain't got nothing but time. You ain't got nothing but time. So you got time to, yeah, minister to your grandkids and love on them, disciple young men in your neighborhood. Uh, that's when you could be most useful and fruitful for the Lord. So how you doing today, Lola? I'm in uh, Exodus 7. And uh, the Tony Evans notes down here was just saying that uh, Moses and Aaron didn't start their the ministry that God had for them until they were in their 80s. Um, Moses was 80 and Aaron was 83. And so he was just talking about how your older years are like, if God allows you to see your older years, those, those can be your most fruitful years because you have nothing but time on your hands. Like you should be retired by then. And so you have no excuses, but to devote to, you know, discipling people younger than you and whatever the God leads you to do. Hey, Kimberly, how you doing? Welcome. Welcome. Um, I'm just in Exodus seven, uh, wrapping up this last little part. I'm on uh, verse 14. So it says, I hope you all having a good day. See, your God will give you an assignment that you never expected. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, Lola. Uh, the first, we're on the first plague. Water turned to blood. Then the heart said to Mo then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when you see him walking out to the water, stand ready to meet him by the bank of the Nile, taking your hand the staff that turned into a snake. Tell him the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has sent me to tell you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But so far you have not listened. This is what the Lord says. Here's how you will know that I am the Lord. Watch, I'm about to strike the water in the Nile with the staff in my hand and it will turn to blood. The fish in the Nile will die. The river will stink and the Egyptians will be unable to drink water from it. I'm gonna read these notes down here. It says, Lest Pharaoh think his magic and the Lord's supernatural power were on equal footing, Aaron's staff swallowed their staffs. And it says the Nile, that, that which was a source of life for Egypt, will become a source of death. So a couple things here I was thinking. Well, one, once again, it's like Pharaoh, like originally Moses went to Pharaoh and was like, hey, our God, God of the children of Israel, he told us, go into Going to the wilderness for three days to worship him and have a festival, right? 
So yesterday I was talking about how it's cool, it's dope. All right, I, I had to use a, yeah. I'm trying to think of good words. It's really neat how they had a fest. God told them to have a festival in the wilderness, to have a party in the wilderness and celebrate and, and worship him. And so that was just a clue to me. Like if you're in a wilderness season, you feel it. You feel like you're in a wilderness season, you know, where everything is hard. You might be taking care of some people that you never expected you'd be taking care of. You might be working at a job you never thought you'd be working at. You may have a big old debt over your head, like child support, back child support. You name it, fill in the blank. You're in the wilderness and you feel like you're all alone, right? God, you're supposed to be worshiping the Lord and have joy in the wilderness season and worshiping him. And so that's how you're going to get out of your your state of feeling like you're in the wilderness and feeling like you're in enslavement because the children of Israel were in, they were in slavery and they started complaining to Moses. That's a whole, listen to um, episode six on the podcast. I mean, episode 56 on the podcast. Cause I'll talk about that. Um, I won't go in that deep. I could like start preaching on that, but like um, Moses, I mean, Pharaoh, all he had to do was let them go. All he had to do was let them go. And they were only going to go there for three days. And then as far as I know, the way I read it, they were going to come back. But because of his hard heart, which God actually hardened his heart because his heart was already hard. He hardened it even more. He ends up getting a whole heap of trouble more than he was asked. He, he thought he was getting into. But all he had to do was just let them go. And so. Um, there's so many things here. Uh, what else? Yeah. God's power. When you're operating God's power and his authority is always going to be stronger than the powers of this world. And God calls us to do things that are greater than us so that we can we can boast in his power, not in our own power. That's what I get from this. And then also, I think it's pretty neat that God, the first plague that God does is turning water into blood because it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of all unrighteousness. So when he turned that water into, into blood, this source of life for them, the Egyptians, the Nile River, which is the long one, what is that, the longest river in the world, as far as I remember, uh, he turns that into blood. It's like a sign to me that, hey, I'm doing a new thing. This is just a foreshadowing to Jesus, the blood of Jesus that's going to um, be a source of living water for all of y'all. This source of living water that y'all had the regular water and now the blood like that's what this sign is for me and i don't know i just kind of got that epiphany as i was reading that it's amazing yeah the, the very first one is blood all right so uh verse 19 so the lord said to moses tell aaron take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of egypt over their rivers canals ponds and all their water reservoirs all of it and they will become blood they will be blood throughout the land of egypt even in wooden and stone containers all of it could you imagine that? Like this water behind me right now, this fountain. It's funny because it's blue right now because uh, the Royals, is, I think it's opening day of baseball season. So all the fountain, Kansas City, if you didn't know, is called the city of fountains, Lola. Uh, we have like the most fountains in like the U.S., I think, or something. like. We got a lot of fountains here everywhere. We love water. And so, um, yeah, all the water is actually turned blue today. It, and when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, it was all red. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Well, now it's blue. Maybe that's a foreshadowing to something significant. I just don't know. Um, but yeah, could you imagine all of a sudden your water and your that comes out of your fridge is red? Kansas City, not Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas. 
It's yeah, I'm on the border of all that. Yeah, so I'm on the Missouri side, but like Kansas is like a hop, skip, and a jump from here. I could get there in like 10 minutes, and so um, yeah, a lot of people are confused about it. There's Kansas City, Missouri, and there's Kansas City, Kansas. So, um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, could you imagine that, Lola? Like all of a sudden, your water. That, that comes out of the sink and the bathtub it's just all blood like you can't even take a bath because it's blood you're like what like that would that's what I don't get how Pharaoh kept hardening his heart like that one alone would have been like because I like I like a hot shower I don't know about you lover I like a hot bath I like a hot shower like you could take anything away from me but I need my hot shower and I need a I need some cool I need water to drink. I need water to drink and water to bathe in. We don't realize how essential that is. So anyway, verse 20. She's got a face palm. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded in the sight of Pharaoh and his officials. He raised the staff and struck the water in the Nile, and all the water in the Nile was turned to blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink water from it. There was blood throughout the land of Egypt, but the magicians of Egypt did the same thing. You see how I'm trying to do a show over here, man, making all that noise. <laughs> what did I say? Uh, but the magicians of Egypt did the same thing by their occult practices. So Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not listen to them. As the Lord has said, yeah, the Lord already said this was going to happen. What's up, Rumana? How you doing? You late? The show is almost, it's almost over. We already... On Exodus 7, and we almost done. We only got uh, like two more verses. I'm on verse 24. But I hope you're having a good day. Thanks for stopping in, saying what's up. Um, all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink because they would not drink the water from the river. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Wow. Let's see here. I'm going to read these little last notes. And there's one other note, a big, kind of a big note from Tony Evans I'm going to read. And then we'll close it out in prayer. So um, if y'all have anything specific y'all need prayer for, let me know and I'll, I'll uh, pray over it here in a minute. All the water turned to blood. I had to say, yeah, the, the Nile, that which, that which was a source of life for Egypt will become a source of death. I already read that. All the water turned to blood and the Egyptians cannot drink. Once again, Egypt's magicians did the same thing by their occult practices, probably by some sort of sleight of hand, but clearly on a much smaller scale. But even if they were able to mimic God's miracle, they were unable to reverse it. Pharaoh simply walked away from the first clear evidence of God's hand at work against him. Out of pride, he refused to submit to divine authority. You always want to be on the side, the good side of God. Not on the wrong side. This ah uh, no, nah, you're good. I don't really have a. Uh, I'm gonna try to do this like every day around like four four thirty Central Time, U.S. Central Time. Um, but um, yeah, it's kind of like I'm gonna try to be more consistent with it around like four four thirty. So it kind of depends on when my deliveries are. Uh, this is like kind of like a dead period where well one there's like a ton of traffic traffic is i do uber eats so like the traffic is bad around this time and then like their ship changed a lot of restaurants so they like slow and getting your order ready it's like they go take it to customers so like i was like you know what i'm just gonna start doing you know 
Bible studies. Plus, after reading, what was I reading? I somehow I got on the topic of uh, I got on the topic of like how in, in Muslim culture, like they pray like five times a day. They stop every. I used to work across the street from a mosque, and I used to see the workers. Like a lot of them were like taxi drivers. I, that's the stereotype, but that helps. They like have they they position their type of work and job so that they can go worship and pray to God five times a day, right? So I'm like, if they can do that five times a day, I'll, I'll pray without ceasing. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to pause during the middle of my day and do this little Bible, do, do this Bible study, you know? And so I, I've seen them like even pull to the side of the road and get out of their car and pull out their prayer mats and pray, pray east. And yeah, anyway, my brother was like, yeah, uh, the Muslims, man, are more de- dedicated to the faith than, than the Christians are. And I mean, I know it's out of a religious attitude don't get me wrong um we're about relationship but you know anyway this is a side note you got the book the uh soul care book have you started reading it yet lolo let me know if you started reading it um my brother and i are doing a podcast called uh brothers need therapy and we've already been going through the questions and we're going to be posting that fairly shortly probably this week or next week so um, at some point we're going to do something for ladies too But right now we're just like Our whole theme is like healed men, healed communities So we want to show We want to like demonstrate what therapy looks like For us And this is like one form of many forms of therapy uh, Just us talking on WhatsApp We talk every day and we kind of talk through our issues And we're going through the questions in the book And talking about our experiences that we're having Like getting healing I studied at a Muslim-dominated university, and our classes were paused during the... Oh, yeah, so you know. Yeah, my brother, um, he was served... He was in the military, so he was over in Iraq and Afghanistan, so he heard the Muslim call to prayer when he was over there. He said it was serious during Ramadan because they had nothing else to do, so they used to, like, bomb them like crazy. My brother, like, saw... is in the artillery and saw combat over there, so... Um, yeah, they were serious. They were serious. Um... Well, is there any another note out of here? Oh, yeah. I'm going to read this real quick. This is said, this heading here is the majesty of you. God has placed a crown on your head. You are majestic. For real. The enemy does not want you to know this. However, Satan, Satan, does, not, Satan does not want you to know that you have glory, honor, and dominion from God. Why? As long as Satan can keep you from thinking like royalty... It's funny because uh, I live in Kansas City and our baseball team is called the Royals. I feel like God has a special blessing on Kansas City because, uh, yeah, baseball team is the Royals. Um, there's even a big old crown at our stadium. The Chiefs, our football team is the Chiefs. Um, and there's a whole story behind that. It's, it has nothing to do with, like, Native... Well, as far as I know, even though they had a Native American mascot, there was some guy named... They, they called Chief, this, like, Christian guy. If you look up the story behind it. Anyway, it's a whole other conversation. But yeah, our baseball team is the Royals. So anyway, just like I said, as long as Satan can keep you from thinking like royalty, he can keep you from acting like royalty. As long as he can keep you thinking that you are nobody or that you do not matter and you have no, have no say, he can keep you acting like you are nobody and that you do not matter and that you have no that you have 
No say. As a result, Satan can keep the greatness of your future locked up and tucked away. But I want to let you in on a very powerful secret. You have something that Satan does not. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you have spiritual authority. You have been crowned with majesty in God's kingdom. It is up to you to use the rights that come with the majesty you have been given. While God is the sovereign and absolute king, he has given you the authority to accomplish all that you need to do to fulfill your destiny. Not only has God given you spiritual authority, but he also has empowered you with all you need to exercise it. If you only memorize one verse of your entire life, memorize this one. It is one of my favorites. This is Tony Evans notes, by the way. This is 2 Corinthians 9 It says, God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. In other words, you have everything you need to accomplish what God is predestined for you to do. You're being prepared for your destiny while your destiny is being prepared for you, just like we talked about when we talked about Joseph. And so it says, it is a promise. This is a promise. You can go to the bank. You can take that check to the bank and it's not going to bounce. It's going to go through. It's better than a million dollar check. Like your spiritual authority, your, your everything that God has prepared for you to do everything he's called you to do, your particular walk, not somebody else's walk, your particular destiny, not somebody else's destiny, yours. And so don't let your food get cold looking at somebody else's plate, as they say. It doesn't matter what opposition you face. It doesn't matter how how big the pharaohs are in your life. We all got pharaohs in our life. We got, as people say, haters, you got stumbling blocks, situations, debts. As I said before, you might have obstacles, whatever. But God is bigger than all of it. If you are doing what God has created you to do, he has empowered you with authority. You are majestic. That's bigger. Majestic is greater than, than magic. It's different. It's godly. It's, it's miracles. It's not diviner, weird, sorcery stuff. That, that I even had a friend who said that people who, 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 wanna, who are involved in the occult, who like witchcraft and who are into that stuff, a lot of them, they actually have a call on their life, a destiny on their life to be prophetic, to be, um, to, to do, have works of healing, but they're not tapping into that gift. And so they go, they don't know what to do with it. So they, they go to the, the, um, tarot cards and the sorcery and the magic and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever you don't, whatever you don't give over to the Lord, Satan will come in and he'll, he'll, he'll use that gift. So keep in mind though, that God won't force you to exercise your authority. Yep. Any more that he forced Moses to confront Pharaoh. That is up to you. Moses could have walked away and said, you know what? God, that sounds good. And that is a great locker room speech. But have you seen Pharaoh? He actually did that. He actually did for a moment. He had a little, he had a little moment when, the, uh, when the Jews were complaining about when Pharaoh gave him extra work. He took the wheat away and said, make your own brick. Or get your own wheat to make your own bricks. And y'all got to still meet the same quota. Go back to uh, Exodus 6 to know what I'm talking about if you don't remember. But um, they started complaining to Moses. And then Moses went and complained to God. Like, God, like, how are they going to... Like, these like these people aren't listening to me. How's Pharaoh going to listen to me? And so, anyway, what is this? Let me keep going. So do you have any idea how many men he had at his, his disposal? 
I appreciate the vote of confidence you gave me, God, but you are just not being realistic. Basically saying, like, have you seen how many people Pharaoh has? Like, his army is way bigger than mine. Like, how in the world are we going to get free from this situation? All right, so Moses could have said that, that and left. But as a result, we might be reading about someone else in Scripture whom God used to set his people free. Could you imagine? Like, no Moses and Aaron story. Like, some dude named Jerron and Joe, and, um, Joe Blow. Because Moses missed out on his... Uh, but that's the, that's the beauty of, of God. He knows our inadequacies. He knows our weaknesses. And he's okay with us going to him and saying, God, this is too big for me. Like, it's okay to, to doubt God and, and say this is too big for me. He wants you to engage with him in conversation and tell him. He's like, and he's going to be like, yes, I know. That's why I put this burden on you. People say like, oh, you know, God will never put in more on than you can bear. I totally disagree with that. He puts more on than you can bear so that you will learn to depend completely on him and stop depending on on um, trying to get through things in your own strength, which I'm learning that lesson the hard way right now. Anyway, let me close it out. Many of us, unfortunately, have given away our spiritual authority. Satan didn't even even have to baffle us for it. Some simply examine their situations, see the size of the challenges or look at their own inadequacies and give up. In so doing, like we said earlier, Moses said, like, I'm a man of uh, uncircumcised lips. Or he basically said, I don't have I don't speak well. I don't I have a speech impediment. Like, so I need somebody else. And that's when he his brother Aaron and God will provide. He will fill the gaps where you have in inadequacies and shortcomings. Just ask for help and he will send those people to be stand by. you. He'll send the Aaron in your life to actually stand by you and help you and make up for your shortcomings. Yes. In so doing, authority over that situation at work, that situation in the home, that problem, that addiction, that ambition or that vision gets handed over to Satan. So in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for uh, Rumana and uh, who else was in here earlier? We had Lola. Lola was in here. I don't know if she's still in here now, but um, we thank you for Lola and Rumana. We thank you in the name of Jesus, God, and everyone listening that we are covered in the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you our ultimate propitiation God that you stood in the gap for us when we we deserve to die on the cross Lord you took our place God you were the expiation God and you provided the the scapegoat in place that cut that all the sins all the sins Lord of, of all of us that have ever been committed Lord are been placed on you God we thank you we put our trust in you we thank you Lord that we would not um turn over our our god-given purposes our destinies over to satan god that we wouldn't our lives would not be a waste for those of us who've given our life to you god that yes our salvation is secure but now it's just a matter of, of of bearing fruit for having harvest this may is the season of harvest god it's right around the corner so i pray in the name of jesus lord that those gifts that rumana has those gifts that lola has that they would continue to sow seeds into the lives of their friends their families Whatever you place in their heart, whether it's to paint, whether it's to draw, whether it's to to uh, dance, to sing, um, all the gifts that you've given them, God, I pray that they would, you said, whatever, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I pray that they would give you glory, God, and many will be drawn to you, God, by the gifts. They will ask, what is it about you that is, makes you different? There's something about you now. I must have it. You have joy that's unspeakable. You have a peace that's unspeakable. I want to know more about your God. They will see miracles and the lives working in Rumana and Lola and just everyone listening, God. And for those that don't know you, I pray that they would simply 
have a childlike faith that they would stop hardening their heart toward you lord just like i have at times where i've hardened my heart toward you i pray that they for those that have turned their back on you the the uh the 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 prodigal children lord that they would turn their backs to you. they would not they would stop turning their back to you and turn around god and realize that you are waiting for them with open arms you're standing at the door knocking and i pray in the name of jesus for a revival here in kansas city and across our world god is our as, as, as your children continue to walk in the purposes and the plans and the destinies that you've called for them in jesus mighty name i pray amen all right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. I will try to do this again at like 4 or 4.30 uh, tomorrow. Like every day, every day, seven days a week. I'm going to try. We'll see. God bless y'all. Thanks for coming in. And uh, Romana, the, uh, third, in uh, Lola, the Thursday night group is at 8.30 tonight. So hopefully I'll see y'all in there if y'all can make it. It's Central Time. So I'll talk to y'all later. I'll let y'all see the, uh, the fountain real quick. That's uh, one of many fountains in Kansas City. And that's the Bible college I'm going to try to go to next year. We'll see. Seminary. They didn't uh, let me in this year, but I'm going to try again next year. I got to take care of some stuff. You know, God's timing is, is uh, perfect. Anyway. See you later. See you later. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. God bless y'all. Talk to y'all later.